The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of The Yard. Hope it's a great day for you. Hope it's a payday for you. Payday puts everybody in a good mood. You know what I'm saying? It's like even even if everything else around you is kind of, eh, you know, kind of humdrum, you get paid. It's like, man, everything feels better. Everything is better when you got a little money in your pocket. I hope you get a chance to get out and go do some cool things. Uh, it has been a very interesting week in the South and really around the whole country, but especially for us in the South, because uh, we're not built for this. And what I mean that, that I'm talking about us as people, that's one of the things that kind of annoys me uh, from Mr. Northern Know-it-all is they act like we're not tough people. Uh, listen, we're extremely tough people, and, uh, you know, it's not our fault that uh, we don't handle cold weather very well when there is precipitation. You know, we don't have an infrastructure for that. You know, our homes are built to keep you cool. You know, we got, you know, big windows and ceiling fans and that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, we don't have salt trucks to get out there and go, uh, you know, clear the roads for us. We don't have snow plows down here. And so, and why would we? We only deal with this about one in five or six years. And so a lot of that really irritates me. It's like, oh, you know, well, you guys in the South, ha, 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 ha. Well, I tell you what, why don't you come down here and drive around? How about that? How about you come down here and drive to the grocery store for me since you're so tough? It's got nothing to do with quality and toughness of people. It's got to do with infrastructure. It just irritates me. I, you know, I don't laugh at you guys when you're up there crying about uh, 85 degrees. You know, you come down here in August when it's 110 with the heat index and mosquitoes are out here that will carry you away. And then tell me how tough you are. You know, as Americans, generally we're pretty tough people, even though Facebook would, uh, would tell you otherwise. You know, it's, it, it, it drives me crazy. There's so many people out there that suggest, oh, they laugh at us. You know, it's not a choice for us. I mean, goodness, I can't even leave the property. You know, I got a quarter-mile-long uh, gravel driveway, and uh, it's covered nice. So there's no getting out of here. Matter of fact, I'm having to depend on other people to bring me supplies. The good thing is I stocked up, and then uh, I got a little worried on Thursday and said, you know what, I got to be here for a couple more days before this stuff thaws out. I don't know if I got enough food. We're running short of drinks. We're almost out of little Debbie's. What am I going to do? And so thankful to Paul T. Brown. Paul went out there. Paul has uh, helped me publish three books. And uh, Paul went out. I met him at the road and uh, picked up the stuff and came back and uh, had spaghetti and meat sauce for dinner. And it was great. So thanks, Paul T. Appreciate you very much. But the problems that we're dealing with are very, very small compared to what a lot of other people are dealing with you know, around the country. Uh, and even in central Mississippi, I mean, my sister, goodness gracious, uh, my sister Kim and her husband David, 
they have no power. They have no way to heat the home outside of the fireplace, and it's one of those, uh, you know, vent units, you know, that blows the heat everywhere. You know, well, that's not working. So Thomas Light is kind of laying around a campfire. They're grateful to have that. But uh, their quality of living has been somewhat uh, diminished, shall we say, from all this. But there are other people in other parts of the country that are, that are really, really, really struggling. And uh, my thoughts and prayers go out to them, send them the best good vibes as possible. Those are the things that I think about. It's like, you know, with, and maybe that's what recovery has taught me is to be grateful. Is, you know, we have been very fortunate here not to have utility loss like some other people have. There are a lot of people out there on a bowl notice who have no water, who have no power, who have no heat, and are struggling to get food. I'm not having those issues. I may be inconvenienced, but I'm not struggling like many other people. And so I always notice somebody else out there that's, uh, you know, dealing with something a lot more substantial than I am. I've seen some pictures. Some people have sent me some pictures of, uh, you know, their neighbors and friends and that sort of stuff and the water damage and ice damage they've had. And I just think to myself, knock on wood, I'm not having to deal with that. And so I hope that you aren't either. And I hope that maybe today's show will provide you a little bit of relief and relaxation from what's been a pretty stressful week. And I know a lot of people out there, too, are, you know, especially in the state of Texas, that um, are dealing with some things that are extremely unpleasant. And we'll talk about some of that in the next segment of the show. But, uh, you know, we're blessed as a people. We are blessed as Southerners. You know, there's a lot of good and bad in the world, and uh, I think there's more good down here than there is bad. That's not to say that we don't have a lot of room for improvement. We do. As, um, as the patron saint Eudora Welty once said, you know, we've got a lot of explaining to do You know, here in the South. Uh, but that said, I, I love each of you, and uh, I don't care where you're from, your socioeconomic background, your religious beliefs, uh, what the race box on your birth certificate says. It makes a difference to me. You're a bulldog. You're good with me. We'll figure the rest of it out. That's the thing I love about college sports is it is a uniter. You know, people can come out here and uh, put their differences aside and, and get behind a common cause. And so hopefully we're going to be rooting for our bulldogs to, to get some wins uh, on the court and on the baseball diamond this weekend. And that, that's the thing that I think about more so than anything else is how much I have missed college baseball. I'm going to enjoy Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I, I'm going to do everything I can to enjoy it. And I hope that you're able to do the same thing as well. It, again, and I think maybe because of the fact that we lost it last year right after non-conference play ended. And then also, too, the fact that uh, it's been so up and down. There have been so many people to tell us what can and cannot happen. And the fact that we all love college baseball. And the fact that we're getting ready to go play uh, against three really, really good teams would be a great test for our program and chance for us to go pick up a couple quality wins early in the season. It could bode well for us down the stretch. I know many of you in central Mississippi are probably dealing with some cabin fever. Maybe you've gotten out and gone to the Dixie National Rodeo. Used to go to that every year as a kid, you guys know. Love the Dixie National Rodeo. I haven't been in forever. I need to bring my own kids, let them experience that. But we didn't do a country music top ten on Wednesday, and I heard about it. I did. You know, usually you guys just kind of send me your ideas. But, uh, you know, I had a couple people say, Steve, you've done country music here the last few weeks on Wednesday. Uh, we didn't get that. Not that they were upset about the Black Crows, but like, hey, can we get a country music list on Friday? You're going to get one today. In honor of the Dixie National Rodeo, we're going to go with a country music legend today, and then we'll see what happens uh, next week. 
but uh, even I reached out to Roy, Roy Samante, who uh, puts our top 10 list on Spotify. You can find those lists on Roy's Spotify channel, and that's Dogmatic67, D-A-W-G-M-A-T-I-C, Dogmatic67 on Spotify. You go check him out and go find uh, a lot of our previous lists. He's only been doing it for a couple months, but uh, done a great job and hadn't and never asked for anything other than a, a chance to participate in a small way. So thank you, Roy. I hope that the show has brought you a little bit of um, a little peace this week and uh, what's been a very stressful situation for sure. I know it's been difficult for us to, all to get together as times as uh, media folks and uh, and share some ideas. And so, you know, I hope that when I learn stuff, I can share it with you guys and then and maybe you can be some of the more educated Mississippi State fans out there. You'll be the most knowledgeable person in your office or your circle of friends or in your group text, whatever. I hope that we can equip you with knowledge. And so we're going to talk about some things today to kind of get you ready for that. I think it's important uh, that I, I kind of give you some backstory of this baseball thing and so you guys kind of fully understand that uh, how hard Mississippi State has worked to make this thing happen. Contrary to the beliefs and reports of others, Mississippi State has worked very diligently and kept the safety of our student-athletes and coaches in mind, but they have uh, come up with a plan to make this thing happen. And I think it's an important thing. I think you, there are arguments both ways, but, you know, when you, you make an agreement with somebody, you've got to kind of figure some things out, and I believe that's what we, we, we've done here. Uh, I also want to point out, too, there's a lot of people out there that don't fully appreciate the fact that, uh, you know, that all these basketball cancellations and things like that, all that kind of goes hand in hand. You know, but what happens if we fly one of our teams somewhere and somebody gets off a bus and they step on some ice, and they fall, and they injure themselves. And then it's like, hey, well, y'all made us play. You know, we didn't want to come. We were worried about the weather. But, you know, Greg Sankey made us play. You know, Dr. Mark Keenum and John Cohen made us play. Coach made us play. Those are the things you got to think about. If anything ever happens to one of our student athletes, you know, it's, it's a major thing. I mean, it really is. It's not one of those things you just look at and say, oh, that's, that's kind of the risk of life. You know, when they're out there representing us, we have a responsibility to keep them safe. And that's been a big concern this week. And uh, as Chris Lamontis kind of mentioned on the presser on Thursday, that's been concern number one. What's best for our student athletes? What is safest for our student athletes? We're going to talk about some of that, you know, a little bit later in the show. And uh, one of the things I'll tell you, too, I've been so stir crazy with all this stuff. And it's not because I'm not as scared to be here. Because, listen, back in the quarantine, I only left the house about three times in 90 days. I like being here. I like my house. I like the way things are set up. I like sleeping late. I like being able to work from home. So it's not a big adjustment for me. But one of the things that I do miss is, you know, not not being able to get on the road. And those are the things that I, that I worry about. Because a, a lot of times at lunchtime, I'm, I'm just kind of ready to get out and get away from the computer a little bit, let my mind rest. So I ride to town, go pick up some tacos. I come back home. Well, I can't do that. And so the first thing that I'm going to do as soon as this stuff thaws out is I'm going to go eat. I'm going somewhere and I'm going to go eat. Chances are I'm going to Bulldog Burger Company. If you're one of the fortunate people right now that are able to get out there and drive on the highways, maybe it's passable where you live, let me encourage you. Go treat yourself to some Bulldog Burger Company. And while you're there, have some spring rolls and raise them and say, this is for Steve. We're going to have a spring roll for Steve today. Right as you dip it into that cheese fondue, you think, you know what, Steve can't be here. Let's do it on his behalf. And then have yourself a great restaurant-quality hamburger. You're not going to find a better hamburger anywhere. Have the mission with the pico de gallo on the side. Have the pimentology, add bacon. Have the Bryant, the Lauren, the Bulldog, 
and you go enjoy yourself on my behalf. Go do it, because as soon as I get loose, that's what I'm going to go do. Two locations now to serve you right here on University Drive in Stark Vegas and on Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, let me give you guys a little backstory about what's happened this week with your baseball program. Okay? So, contrary to popular belief, we were not trying to get out of playing. I know some other people have reported that and shared that, and uh, they are wrong. They're absolutely wrong. And if Mississippi State really wanted to get out of this, it would be very, very easy to do it. You could just have Dr. Mark Keenum come out and say, you know what, we don't want to put our student-athletes at risk and do these unprecedented situation here, so we're going to keep our kids home. We could easily have done that. And everybody would have understood. There have been some ticket holders who may have been disappointed, but we would have understood. So let's back up a little bit to uh, Wednesday. That's when things, I guess, got a little bit dicey. A lot of people said, you know what, we might start looking at some other options. Like if this thing doesn't come off, if we, if there, let's say the tournament gets canceled, or let's say that uh, we can't get there, or let's say we can't piece this thing together and make it happen, you know, what are we going to do? And so State began to kind of look at some other alternatives. And I understand Jacksonville State was a real possibility. Jacksonville State was set to play a three-game series at Baylor. That series got canceled due to inclement weather. And some would say, well, Steve, if Baylor's getting canceled, why is our event not getting canceled? Because ours being played indoors. But Jacksonville State looking for a game. It'd be an easy trip for them. We're 11-1 and against them. Jim Case, the former Bulldog assistant under Coach Ron Polk and Coach Pat McMahon. Done a great job there at Jacksonville State. If I'm not mistaken, he's won the Ohio Valley Conference seven times and been to the NCAA Tournament five. It's a really solid G5 program. I mean, a really solid program. Even though we've had the better of them over the series, we could have played them. Logistically, this has been a bit of a nightmare for Mississippi State. I understand from talking to some of you that you have heard from your hotels that either they don't have power or can't guarantee they're going to have power for you. And some people have even had their reservations canceled. So now they don't know what to do. They're trying to sell their tickets and that sort of stuff. A lot of people on the Jeans Page ticket uh, board trying to sell those tickets because they can't make it now. Or some people have just kind of backed out and said, you know what, I don't know if it's safe for me to go. Other people have had their flights canceled. There are no airports in North Mississippi that are open that I'm aware of. Now, I was told that uh, GTR might reopen Friday afternoon. Might. Same could be said for Tupelo. I know originally Ole Miss was scheduled to fly out of Memphis. They're closed. They've, and that's a huge hub, as you know. They've canceled everything there. So what I understand is that uh, Mississippi State's going to bus it over a- on 82 over to Birmingham, get on a plane with Ole Miss, mind you, on a charter plane, and then fly over to Arlington, Texas. That's right, Bulldogs and Rebels living and flying together. You can make whatever jokes you want. The truth of the matter is there's not, there's not that kind of bitterness with baseball that there is in football. It's just kind of how it is. You know, we want to beat them. And listen, they have let us sit in first class. We're 14-2 and two the last four years, and they can all ride in the tail. But, uh, you know, be that as it may, so the Bulldogs are going to go over there and then fly over to Arlington. And then there was some discussion that the team hotel at Doubletree, no guarantee of power. Now, I'm told from somebody that's on the ground there at Doubletree, they're good to go now. 
they're good to go. They have, they have power. They may have not had some power earlier this week, but as of uh, Thursday, they're fine. They're good to go. So no issues with that, and we you know, kind of hope that's really it kind of continues kind of moving forward. There are other people out there that don't have any water. They had a water main break in the city of Arlington, so a lot of people are on a, bo- a, bo- a boil notice. Excuse me. And then there's been some issues with natural gas, too. So there's been a lot of utility issues out there. So there have been a lot of challenges in trying to putting this thing together because you couldn't guarantee the players were going to have heat at night. I mean, there's just so much involved with all that. I understand that the, uh, the Bulldogs are taking dozens of cases of water with them. There's no way to boil water in a hotel room, right? Can't do it. So they're bringing water with them to the, the venue and to uh and to their hotels and so those are some things that uh you know some steps that people have taken you know, to kind of make sure this thing has happened and through the generosity of others you know mississippi state's kind of put this thing together and, and there are so many people out there that, that are so critical you know when things happen and say well i don't understand well you know listen i i can tell you that everybody involved in mississippi state baseball anybody involved with your mississippi state athletic department He's done everything they can to make this thing happen. This was already, this was always priority one. Make this thing happen, if at all possible. If not, let's look at some other alternatives. And then if that, if we can't get to Arlington, then we'll play in Starkville. You know, we'll play Jacksonville State or somebody else. I understand there was probably half a dozen teams that contacted State and said, hey, listen, if this thing falls through, we're looking for, we're looking for a game. So we're going to play baseball either way. As Chris Lamona said on Thursday, you know, it's on for now. So the plan is to fly out Friday morning. Let me give you a little backstory on that thing, too. So at 9.30 Wednesday night, we get a alert that there's going to be an unscheduled media availability for Chris Lamontis at 11.30 on Thursday. Completely unscheduled. At that point, we begin to believe, okay, well, here it is. The cancellation's coming. And I believe that probably was a possibility and then when they moved it back to 1 o'clock, Mike Nemeth and I spoke, and I said, you know what, I, I bet there has been a change here. I bet there's a chance we're going to go play. And so Chris gets on there, and, and he first kind of warms us up, and still there's been all these challenges, but we're going to go play for now. And that's the thing that Bulldog fans have kind of waited to hear. It's like, yeah, we want to hear that we're going to go play, but there's still this caveat for now. Because all week long, everybody has wanted kind of a definitive answer, and there just hasn't been any. And to, to just be fair to everybody, you know, we, we don't have to neg- navigate this stuff very often. We, you know, there, it's not like you've got a lot of experience to draw from. And a lot of people would su- suggest, that, you know what, we need to move the start of college baseball season back to March anyway. You know, maybe that's true. But the fact of the matter is, is we're scheduled to play uh, February 21st. So we're going to get there and go play. But uh, so a lot of things have happened. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have had to move flights around or cancel reservations and just cancel the trip altogether. I know that is a disappointment. I know it is. And uh, Mike Nemeth and I made the decision uh, Wednesday morning that we're not going to go. I believe Robbie Falk is going to try to go and uh, cover for us. Mike and I will uh, look to cover this thing remotely uh, from here in Starkville. That's the plan anyway. And so I'm eager to kind of see how this, all this, this whole thing breaks out. But, uh, listen, I get both sides of the argument. I really do. A lot of people that say, you know what, we got to go play. It's probably going to be good for everybody to have this distraction with all the things we've been through and you know, with all the disappointment we've had this year. We don't want to miss out on this. I get it. And the other side of the coin is some people would say, you know what, there's so many people in that area suffering, and now you're about to go play nine baseball games 
at a you know multi-million dollar ballpark that's going to be pulling a lot of power and there are people just down the road that don't have power to uh to heat their homes and warm their children i get it i understand both sides of it and as dave murray says you know that there is always somebody struggling in this country always and we don't always pause life and you know maybe we should i don't know but i know that uh these reports that uh, Mississippi State was trying to do anything to get out of play, and that, that's completely false. Absolutely completely false. So let's kind of look at some baseball stuff here and kind of look at these matchups and uh, begin to kind of prepare for Mississippi State to take the field. All right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tecovis want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort, so no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand-new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tacovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. Game one of the Globe Life Baseball Showcase between Mississippi State and Texas will be the first matchup between the two programs since 1985 in the College World Series in 85, that's the Clark and Palmero year when uh, we were cruising against Texas. And then uh, next thing you know, Jim Morgan takes the ball off his ankle and uh, life changed for us. It probably cost us a national championship. 
So we're going to go back and see them, and it's going to be a tremendous pitching matchup. Christian McLeod will go for Mississippi State. Now, Texas is expected to counter with their ace, Ty Madden, who was an absolute stud last year. Four appearances with a 3-0 record, a uh, ERA of 1.80. Even had a complete game uh, sh- uh, shutout last year. 25 innings pitch, eight, just 18 hits allowed, seven runs. Five of those earned four walks against 26 strikeouts. He is a big swing and miss guy. It's, he does challenge guys with fastballs occasionally and has given up a couple of home runs. But uh, he is one of the best college baseball players in America. Recently named the Golden Spikes Award uh, watch list. Going to be an absolute stud for them. And so the, that Saturday ball game, you might as well get ready. That is probably going to be a very quick ball game. Probably a low-scoring ball game. That's why scoring runs early are going to be so important for Mississippi State. Christian McLeod didn't do much last year in the way of walking people, so he's got to go out there and have some good control. And, and I, I, I like the matchup, but it's going to be one that uh, really kind of tests the metal of this Mississippi State uh, batting order. A lot of people have said the hitting's been ahead of pitching. We kind of picked up where we left off in the fall, so we're excited about that. But uh, Ty Madden is legit. This is a guy that's a first-rounder. He has first-round stuff. Already has the first-round grade on him. He is a right-hander. So we'll probably flip the lineup around. And uh, I think, listen, that bodes well for guys like Tanner Allen and Josh Hatcher. We'll probably add another left-handed stick in the lineup, probably in the DH spot. Probably as well in left field. We can always kind of switch it around out there as we get into the bullpen if we do. Now, everybody's going to be on a bit of a pitch count early on, and so you know you probably won't see either one of these guys go longer than five or six innings. But uh, you know the juices are going to be flowing. Guys are want to want to go longer because this is going to be much like a college baseball regional. You know, this is going to be ultra competitive. I mean, we're not playing the Mississippi School of Math and Sciences this weekend. It's the University of Texas. It's TCU. It's Texas Tech. And our guys understand. Our guys have a national championship as their goal. And so they understand the importance of going out here and doing well and making a national statement early, not just to impress pollsters, not just to help the RPI or whatever the index are using these days are, but to prove to themselves and everybody else that we are a legitimate contender. And if you, if you beat Top Madden, that's a pretty loud statement early on. So that's the hope that we can be able to get in there and kind of make some things happen against them. Now, I have not seen the uh, pitching rotation for TCU, but based on the information available, it looks like Russell Smith will throw against Ole Miss in game one uh, for the Horn Frogs. He is a huge Randy Johnson-type guy, like a 6'9 guy. Last year he uh, had four appearances, four starts, had a 2-0 record, 2.57 ERA, 27 Ks against two walks. Now, there's a good chance that we'll see Johnny Ray Johnny Ray also uh, four starts last year with a one and one record, 2.53 ERA. Actually had one shutout. I uh, just allowed 13 hits, seven runs. Did have a tendency to walk some guys. Eight walks, 21 Ks. Uh, didn't give up a lot of extra base hits though. Just two doubles, a triple, and no home runs. Uh, again, that's one of the things you look at. He's a right-handed pitcher too. Uh, gets his uh, redshirt sophomore year back. But this TCU team brings back a lot of offense. They don't have much in the way of experienced pitching. I, to be honest with you, I don't know if they have a single guy in a rotation that's on a Big 12 game. Similar to Mississippi State. Guys with a lot of potential but not a lot of big-time experience. And so that could be something that's very significant for Mississippi State. Bulldogs will throw Will Bednar out there as uh, the Saturday pitcher. He is a guy, too. A lot of people love him because of that rising fastball. 
it'll be good to see him match up with a very good offensive team like TCU. They do swing the bats exceptionally well. Uh, eager to kind of see that matchup go down. But, uh, again, this is a pitching staff, I think, that is in a little bit of uh, – in transition of sorts. They they are really good everywhere else. They're good defensively. They're good offensively. Just don't have uh, much experience in the way of pitching. So that's a ball game I think you look at and say, you know what, we can go out there and get some early runs and Badnar can get the swing and miss going a little bit. We got a chance to win that ball game. I think that is a very important game for State. Uh, you look at this Texas game and you look at that and say, well, you know, it's going to be a, a low-scoring pitcher's duel. I don't know if that's the case in game two. I think we can score some runs there. We'll see how things play out. Okay, against Texas Tech, they have already announced that Mason Montgomery will be the game three starter against Mississippi State. He is a sophomore left-hander out of Leander High School there in Leander, Texas, 6'2", 185. Uh, had a pretty good year in abbreviated schedule last year. Four appearances, a 3-1 and record with a 3.00 ERA. Went just 18 innings, though. So he's, again, not a big innings guy. You can probably get into the pen there. Uh, did give up 12 hits, six runs, all earned, uh, seven walks against 20 strikeouts. So nearly 3-1 to one there. Not a lot of uh, extra base hits against him either, just a one home run and a couple doubles. Uh, State will counter with Eric Sarantola. Uh, this Texas Tech offense is going to be one of the most prolific in college baseball. You go ahead and get ready for that. So it's going to be a real challenge for Sarantola. Uh, I'm a Tim Tadlock fan. I, as a matter of fact, I actually kind of advocated for him a little bit when uh, John Cohen was getting ready to hire Chris Lamontis because I love their approach to hitting. They're a great offensive team. It is kind of their pedigree. And so, you know, listen, we, we saw that you know last year we went to Fort Worth, uh, I guess a couple years ago now, we went up there and, and covered that tournament. And uh, that was the uh, rally self, uh, excuse me, Cole Gordon uh, pickoff walk-off game, if you remember that. Uh, it was a great ball game under some very adverse conditions. We found a way to win. But uh, I love Tim Tadlock's approach to hitting. JT Ginn really kind of gave them a tough time with his breaking ball. They had a really difficult time laying off that because of the, uh, the rotation. You know, the spin rate on his breaking ball was ridiculous. That's why I think Sarantola is an interesting matchup because when you have those free-swinging power swingers, they're seeing fastball, and next thing you know, that thing begins to cut on them, uh, and then they're swinging over the top of it. So Sarantola could have a good ball game. It's going to be really important that he can land that breaking ball for a strike and not walk people. Those are the keys to the kingdom for Sarantola. He has major league stuff. He's a potential first- or second-round type guy, and if he goes out there and pitches that way on uh, Monday, we're going to win the ball game. We'll have more on that game uh, Monday morning, probably record that show Sunday night after we've seen the first couple ball games, uh, so you guys can have a chance to listen to that before uh, we play that ball game on Monday. But that's what we're facing. So uh, a couple right-handers and a left-hander in the middle. Right-hander on against Texas, left-hander against Texas Tech, and a right-hander uh, from – excuse me, right-hander from – left-hander from TCU and then a right-hander from Texas Tech. So that's where we are. Uh, I like the matchups. I like our ability to go out there and compete. Like everything else, everything you know about baseball, it's always the same, right? You go out there, you, you, you pitch efficiently, you let the defense work for you, don't walk people, don't swing at bad pitches. Make the pitcher work for strikes. You know, it's as simple as that. Baseball is a very simple game. It's very complicated to execute, but it's a very simple game of principles. We have a very talented team, a very talented team. Now, I'm not going to feel any better or worse about our team if we go out there and go one and two or two and one. I'm still going to expect us to be a really great team this year. 
But if we go down there and win three ball games, I'm going to come out there and thinking, you know what, hey, we might be the best team in the country, you know, because of the competition we're about to face. I don't know if I'm ready for that, though. You know, I think this is a team we're going to win a couple ball games. I think we can come back feeling pretty good about ourselves. But win or lose, let me encourage Bulldog fans, don't have a lot of judgments about this team after one weekend, right? Because what happens is we, we get this irrational exuberance when things go well, and then we get all this self-loathing when things go poorly. We're a great team. I expect us to go out there and play great. And I think this is a chance for the Bulldog pitching staff to make a really big statement early on and kind of show the national media, you know what, that we're for real. And people need to respect Mississippi State. Uh, And whether they respect us or not, we can still go out there and punch in the mouth. I'm eager to see how this team kind of moves along, if we can hit the breaking ball consistently, uh, or if we're going to be one of these teams that uh, has to get on the fastball early or, or we're going to be in trouble. But I'm excited about the weekend. And, again, Wednesday and Thursday, I thought, you know what, this is not going to happen. And I would have been happy to go cover baseball at Duty Noble Field because I've missed that place so much. But, you know, best-case scenario from a baseball standpoint is for us to go out there and play uh, in the Globe Life Showcase. And I'm looking forward to seeing that happen. It's time for today's top ten list brought to you by Dr. Robert Yarber. Dr. Yarber is part of the ENT Physicians of North Mississippi group. If you're experiencing sinus pain or sinus headaches or pressure behind your eyes, all of that is probably associated with a bigger problem. You can try to treat it with over-the-counter meds, and you you and I both know that's very short-lived. If you're looking for a more permanent solution, you need to reach out to Dr. Yarber. Go by and check him out. He has an expert in all these ear, nose, and throat issues. So what he went to school for? Maybe your primary physician can deal with some of that stuff, but why not go to a specialist? And this is a guy, too, that's going to be you know, working with OCH, supporting our Octibaha County Hospital here when they do have surgical procedures to do. Two locations to serve you, much like our, uh, our, our friends that serve you hamburgers. You can get your ear, nose, and throat issues resolved in both Tupelo and Starkville. Give Dr. Yarber's office a call today. That's 662-844-6513. Again, 662-844-6513. In Starkville at 910 Stark Road and in Tupelo, 618 Pegram Drive. Again, that's 662-844-6513. There's no point suffering with that any longer. The solutions are here. So in honor of the Dixie National Rodeo, we're going to go with a country music legend. We're going Willie Nelson today old blue eyes we're going to do it we're going to knock it out today feeling really good about this list i think you guys are going to like it and i know what's going to happen because willie nelson has such an expansive catalog i'm going to hear from people steve why didn't you pick this obscure song that i love so much you know what maybe i haven't heard it or maybe i haven't heard it in a long time or maybe just maybe i don't like it as much as you do you can have your own list on your own show and i won't criticize you so this is my top 10 willie nelson songs i did not put good-hearted woman the duet with well and jennings on there because i felt there were some other songs that other songs that i haven't talked about on the show much that uh are probably a little bit stronger in some respects i don't know if you can truly appreciate willie nelson without appreciating the duets that he's done in his career he has done some incredible duets and uh his songwriting is almost unparalleled in country music he's done it his own way too a lot of people out there try to put willie nelson in the box and he refuses so here we go. My top 10 Willie Nelson songs. There are some tearjerkers in here, and there's some good timing songs as well. Number 10 is one of those tearjerkers in some respects. Number 10, Help Me Make It Through the Night. If you, if you, if you know the song you know what I'm talking about here, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a first meeting. It's, uh, it's a time to, uh, to enjoy one another, shall we say. 
number nine, Look What Thoughts Will Do. That's another one of those songs, uh, you know, you get in your feelings a little bit like kids today say, oh, I'm in my feelings. Well, Willie Nelson was in his feelings when he wrote this song about love lost. Number eight, a great love song. Doesn't get a lot of airplay, but it should. It's Angel Flying Too Close to the Ground. Because if she hadn't flown so low, I wouldn't have seen her. I wouldn't have been able to catch her. Number seven, this is a classic one. I love this one. Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain. If you don't know it, go check it out today. You should listen to the whole list. It'll bring you some culture in your life. Number six, one of those great Western songs that tells a great Western tale. And it's Poncho and Lefty. I love that with Merle Haggard. And uh, listen, it's great. The vocals on it are great. The story is great because all the federales say they could have had him any day. They only let him slip away. Number five, a duet with Ray Charles, and I love this one. Oh, my gosh. I've actually heard this played at funerals before, but it's Seven Spanish Angels. I love the Ray Charles vocal on it, too, but it's it's the contrast in their styles really meshes well. It, It is a classic tune. Number four, and I'm sure at some point all young men have listened to this song and it resonated in their hearts, but it's my heroes have always been cowboys. When I was a young guy, too, wearing my, uh, my chaps and my hat and my holster around the house, and my chaps on my, my, excuse me, my spurs on my tennis shoes, I was feeling good about life. Thinking about Glenn Campbell, thinking about Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings. Wasn't always the rocker I am today. I didn't always have dreads. Number three, a good time and song. If there ever was one, if you've got the money, I've got the time. It's the story of my life. You know, you want to take me to lunch, that's cool. As long as you're buying, I'm eating. Uh, number two, a duet with Julio Iglesias. A huge, massive hit. And I, I think most guys feel this way as we mature. I'm always so grateful for all the women that have shared the path for a while. You know, I learned from them from all of them. And at some point, I loved them a lot. It may have been for an extremely short time, but I did love them. But it's to all the girls I've loved before who traveled in and out our door. We dedicate this song, We're Glad You Came Along, to all the girls we've loved before. But number one, and I know it's a duet, and I've already mentioned this song on the show uh, a couple weeks ago, but it's Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys. And Willie did a lot of songwriting on that, and I actually love uh, the combo of him and Waylon together. They, they did a lot of tracks together on that Ramblin' Man album for Waylon Jennings. But that's one of the things I love about Willie Nelson is his willingness to work with other people. There are so many people that are so egocentric. They think, you know what, I just I can carry this all by myself. And then they have these great collaborations with somebody, and you think, man, they're so much stronger together. That's kind of how it is at Willie Nelson. He's so good by himself and even better when he works with the people. So that's my top ten Willie Nelson songs. I'm glad to have done that. There's your country music fix for the week. And, and, and it's not new country. You never heard Willie Nelson say, girl. No, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. He's not out there wearing bedazzled jeans and, and all that sort of stuff. Willie Nelson's the real deal, man. Hope you guys enjoy that list. If you have ideas for the top ten lists, reach out let me know. I might just use it on the show. I'll do my best to respond to you guys. And sometimes if I don't respond right away, because like with my email and text and that sort of stuff, sometimes I leave things unread so I don't forget about them. Because when I read stuff, I'm so busy sometimes, I'm, I might not come back to it. When I'm in the office, I try to write things down. But reach out, let me know. We'll do our best to bring those for you. And uh, Roy and I will, will come up with some things over the weekend uh, that will look good for next week. Excited about that. Hope you enjoyed the top ten list. So many of you have reached out and told me how much you've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed doing it. Looking forward to, uh, to many, many more. 
Campus Book Mart is your one-stop shop for all Mississippi State merchandise. If you're looking to, to outfit your home, your pet, your car, your RV, your your friends, your grandchildren, you can find everything you need at Campus Book Mart. Go by and see Stan the Man. He'll take care of you. He'll even take his picture with you. Stan's a bit of a celebrity these days. You don't have to call for an appointment, though. You can just show up. He's happy to talk to you. Talk a little Bulldog baseball with you, too. He's excited about baseball season, I can assure you. Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, everybody in there will treat you like family because in their minds you are family. If you can't make it to town, let me encourage you to visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll save you a little cash. How about that? You're getting the show for free, and you're going to get shipping for free on all orders over $50 by using our promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that gets you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Go back and shop some more. Let's talk a little basketball, which reminds me a little bit too. You know, I meant to mention this during the baseball segment. You know, a lot of people have like said, well, you know, why are we doing this? Well, you know, you know, we didn't fly our women, uh, excuse me, we didn't fly our women over to Auburn and play that women's basketball game on Thursday. You know, that's one thing that I kind of look at and say, you know what, we didn't do that but we're going to do this for baseball. And they're going to make up all these games. And I was told there was, you know, there's some plans to possibly play four games in as many as like 10 days. And so they're going to try to get all these games in. Uh, but, you know, listen, it's been, it's been interesting, okay? And so the same situation kind of applies. If you're going to bring Auburn in here on the men's side and our women can go to Auburn, they're going to play inside too. We're not going to go play that on a playground. It's kind of like baseball. It's like, well, you know, if we get there, the venue's going to be fine because the game's inside. Well, you've kind of got the same situation for basketball, but we didn't go through with that. You know, the hope is, though, that the weather has improved because the weather has was much better – excuse me, has been much worse midweek. Uh, so we're hoping to get these games in on the weekend. And so on the men's side of things, as you guys are well aware, we're going to be playing at Ole Miss. And I'll be honest with you, I'm worried about the game. I'm worried about the game for a couple reasons. Number one – uh, they absolutely shut us down offensively when they were here the last time. We act like we had never seen uh, that press before. Now we've seen it. Perhaps we'll adjust to it. But uh, they didn't shoot it exceptionally well. But down the stretch, they found a way. They, it just seemed like they simply wanted it more. And Ole Miss is playing their best basketball of the season, without question. There is absolutely no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, I, I got to admit, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed with how well they played. And a lot of people thought this year that they were going to be, you know, kind of in a transition. But, you know, Kermit has those guys playing really well. They play hard for him. That's one thing that, yeah, I know there are some people that struggle to give Ole Miss a lot of credit for things. And at times I'm probably one of those people. But when you look at how well they've played as of late, how can you not be impressed? They're 12-8 and eight overall and 7-6 and six in the conference. And you recall they got off to a really slow start, uh, you know, in the conference. They, you know, lose their first two ball games right out of the gate at Alabama. It looked bad doing it. And, uh, excuse me, they lost to Wichita State, and they bounced back to beat Auburn. Uh, lose to LSU. Lose to Florida. Lose to Georgia. Mired in a three-game losing streak. Come to Mississippi State. Absolutely beat us to death. And then uh, they beat A&M. They lose at Arkansas, and everybody said, okay, well, that's over with. They lose at Georgia. And everybody said, well, that's it. Their run is done. Well, their run was just beginning. They go and beat number 10, Tennessee. They go into Auburn and beat them in overtime. They absolutely drilled number 10, Missouri, and Oxford. 
and then they went back and beat South Carolina again. So they have played four four really good games uh, against some quality opponents, with the exception of South Carolina. And you say, you know what? Hey, these guys are for real. They're going to come in there expecting to beat us to death. And, you know, maybe Ben Howland can use that against them. But I'm worried about the game. I'm worried about getting embarrassed. Now, we have been a better team at times on the road. They've been an extremely good road team. They've been, a, and as of late, played pretty good at home. But I'm worried about the game. I, I just I don't know that we're going to match their intensity. And that's one of the things that really irritates me at times is that, you know, they seem to take a lot this game a lot more seriously than we do. And that's not to diminish the loss by any stretch of imagination. I give almost plenty of credit uh, in, in recent years, even back in the Andy Kennedy years, they took it to us. And there were, we'd get an occasional win, but, uh, you know, when Ben Howland got here, we finally started to get some splits. But, uh, you know, when Marshall Henderson was there at Ole Miss and Rick Ray was here, we just simply struggled. You know, I think it was a huge win, I guess, on senior day when Gavin Ware and those guys beat Ole Miss, and it seemed like we hadn't beat them in forever. But, uh, you know, it's exciting to think about, you know, what could be, but we're not a good basketball team right now. And Ole Miss is playing their best basketball. They're going to get the team that they'd like the least in their backyard with all the momentum they have. It could get ugly if we're not careful. We have got to get out there and do some things better defensively. But more importantly, we have got to find some semblance of offense. And I've had many of you reach out to me. Even I've had some people say, you know what, Steve, the last year I disagreed with you and thought you were being a little bit too hard on Ben Howen. But now I agree with you. We are a mess offensively. We are an absolute mess offensively. And a lot of people say, well, you know, they want to excuse it away. Listen, the bottom line is we're paying this guy well over $2 million a year uh, to put a quality product on the floor. And uh, we, we haven't had one this year. And now, listen, I'm going to be fair about this. You get to the NIT. You make a strong run at the NIT. You get to the Final Four of the NIT. The next year you get to the tournament. You don't win a game. But since then, it has kind of been a, it's been a bit, a bit of a struggle, right? And we finished fourth in the SEC last year, but we lost a lot of games that we should have won. And some would say, well, Steve, it's because there's parity in the league. There's not. The league has not been great. And so this year, you know, we're, we're rebuilding. And, I, again, I think if, if we're being fair and we look at this thing from 30,000 square feet, I think you have to give him another, another year. I think you have to give him another year. It is a COVID year, and last year we had the thing canceled. Uh, at the end of the year, and yeah, we blew some opportunities. And and listen, I'm listen. I've said it more than anybody. You know, we got zero, zero NCAA tournament wins and only one tournament appearance in his tenure. And we had three NBA players on that team. We don't have three NBA players on this team. We don't. And, and we're playing like it too. But I'm worried about that game on Saturday. I'm not going to lie about it. I'm afraid we're going to go up and get embarrassed. I hope that's not the case. I'd love to be able to come back Monday and say, guys, I was totally wrong. I'd love to be able to say that. But uh, I believe the way that Ole Miss is playing right now and the fact they've had a little time off to prepare because the LSU game got postponed again, uh, they're going to have fresh legs. And they're going to come out. They're going to they're gonna press us from the bus. As soon as we get off the bus, they're going to be in our face. And we've got to find a way to shut down some guard play. We've got to be able to do a better job defending the perimeter. That's kind of been the Achilles heel of the Ben Howland defense here in the last couple of years. All right, the Mississippi State ladies have not played since that valiant effort at Fayetteville came up short, 86-80, to 80, and actually we played some of our better basketball of the year on the offensive end. Couldn't get stops, and we had to have them. We have had three games postponed since then. 
Ole Miss game postponed due to weather on Valentine's Day. Tennessee game postponed. And then Auburn's game was postponed. That's three games in a row. And there have been several of those uh, for Mississippi State this year. There have been several things that have been postponed this year. It's been trouble to get into a routine. We're going to be on the road and play Alabama on uh, Sunday at 2 p.m. Weather permitting. Should be okay, though. Should all be out of here by then. We shouldn't have that issue. Surely we can go 82 miles. But um, Alabama ladies came in here uh, and beat us pretty good and really kind of you know, dictated terms to us. And so if you're a competitor, you got to say, you know what, we got to go back and get that one. But listen, Alabama ladies have played pretty well this year, 14-6, and six, uh, 7 and 6 in the conference. And like everybody else, they've had to deal with uh, you know, s- some scheduling stuff, maybe not to the extent we have. But uh, they're coming in winners of two in a row on the road. They win at Auburn 92-78. And they won at Florida 77-70. to 70, And those two teams are, are not elite by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, that ended a four-game losing streak for them in the conference when they lost uh, to Kentucky, South Carolina, Georgia, and Ole Miss. And three of those four teams were ranked. So this, you look at it and say, you know what, this is, a, this is a winnable game. It's a winnable game on the road. And we've got to find a way to win it. It's as simple as that. And we, if nothing else, we ought to be fresh in the legs. Uh, listen, I, I can't sit here and tell you and pick this thing apart and tell you uh, what's wrong other than the fact that we have had this topsy-turvy schedule. We have a new coach trying to implement a new system with many of these players you didn't recruit. Uh, I know it's easy for sometimes people to, uh, to, to get lazy, I guess, with their criticisms and just say, you know, listen, uh, this isn't going to work out. They can't tell you why. It's just, well, we're not winning enough. You know, I, I want to win too. I want to win too. And I'm not off the bandwagon yet. I know, listen – the Ben Howland thing, I've got some Ben Howland fatigue. I'm tired of losing on the women's side, but I still go back to this whole pedigree that the Nikki McRae Pinson has. You know, she was a winner as a player on the college level, on a professional level. She's been a winner's assistant coach. She's a winner's a head coach. And so she's had some adversity this year. And there are a lot of people, once you get to the next level, you're going to face adversity like you've never seen for the first time. And that's kind of what's happened now. You know, as great as she was as a coach and as an assistant coach, now she's running the show herself in one of the toughest conferences in America at a job where there's a lot of expectations and a very talented roster. And, and I, one of the things that I get a little irritated about, too, I see people to say, well, I don't think we're very talented. Get out of here with that. That's an excuse. We're a very talented team. Now, we may not have found the chemistry yet, but it's not a matter of us not having the raw potential to be very good. We've got three McDonald's All-Americans. Vic never had any of that. So we have a very talented roster. It's just a matter as a coach being able to find the way these things work together. And so nothing would do better for Mississippi State as a fan base and as a team, as a program, as a coaching staff, than to go get a win uh, this weekend against Alabama. And, again, the schedule, we're going to probably have some updates, I guess, on Monday. Maybe before then, but more than likely on Monday, and we're gonna you know, we're gonna be playing a lot of women's basketball in a short amount of time, so be ready for that. But that's a basketball update for today. And uh, again, I look forward to Monday, and hopefully we're celebrating, you know, a couple of wins. But uh, listen, two road games out there, and, and neither one of our teams have been able to win a lot of games on the road this year. But uh, yeah, that's why we play the games, right? I mean, you just never really know. And I would love nothing more to be able to come back and say, you know what, we've. Uh, Won a couple of baseball games. We beat Ole Miss in men's basketball. And uh, the ladies are kind of back on track. That would be a, a fabulous Monday. It would make for a great weekend. If you're looking for a rooting interest, we have a lot to cheer about this weekend. That's one good thing about this time of year. There's no shortage of Mississippi State sports to kind of keep up with. So I hope you're able to watch all of that uh, this weekend. Today's recruiting update brought to you by the fine folks at Portico. And listen, 
according to our friend Brooks Bryan, you guys know Brooks. He's my friend. He's your friend. He's a friend of the world. Uh, Brooks is one of those guys, man, that, that is real good about sharing information with me. You guys have been responsive. And, and that first phase of construction at the Portico Housing Complex, the de- housing development out there, only six houses remain. Six out of 18, first phase. So over a, do- a dozen homes have been, have been sold. It's just six. If you want to get in there, and you should, it's the newest construction. It's the newest area. Uh, it's right there off Garrett Road. It's right there behind the Cry for Jeep dealership. You, you passed it many times on your way out to 82. You take that left to Pat Station Road. It's right there. It's right there. It takes you right there to it. Go by, check it out when you're in town. If you want more information, and you should, you can call Brooks and get that, that going. But uh, let me tell you, they're going to get – once these six are sold, they're going to get these other things going pretty quick. This isn't something that's going to linger on. They're not going to rush it up there and do a bad job for you, though. Portico is a great place, just over a mile from campus. Got a walking trail, got a pavilion area. Anything you need to feel good about life's right there. It's not going to be one of those overwhelming neighborhoods, but it is going to be kind of cozy, if you know what I'm saying. It's a chance for you to kind of get out there and meet your neighbors and feel good about life. If you're considering moving to Starkville or moving within the Starkville area, let me give you the number to call Brooks, 601-416-8075. Again, that's 601-416-8075. And uh, Brooks will probably tell you some stories about Diamond Dog Baseball, whether you want them or not. I know you do, but you may not even have to bring it up. He may just say, hey, you know who I am? I'm Brooks Bryan. And that's okay. I love Brooks. He knows I'm just giving him a hard time. And you do the same thing. He's happy to talk to you too. All right, let's talk a little bit of recruiting here. Offensive line recruiting is uh, going to be a, a bit of a uh, priority this year. And you know, that's one thing Mike Leach said when he got here is that our numbers were down on the offensive line and we didn't have enough scholarship offensive linemen. And we want to carry some walk-ons and not just – listen – we're trying to get recruited walk-ons, if you know what I'm saying. We're not trying to go out there and get these guys that, uh, you know, are just happy to be on a team. You know, we want guys that are can contribute and make the team better. You know, if they themselves don't work their way into playing shape, perhaps they'll make your defense better. That's why you get like a guy like Jim Riley. Jim Riley from uh, Tishomingo County up there at Iuka, Mississippi. You know, wrote a story about Jim this week. He's got about 40,000 reads, man. I didn't know there were that many people in Iuka. It's amazing. But Jim Riley is a guy that had other college opportunities. But he grew up a Mississippi State guy, so he's going to walk on and give it a shot. And so this is a guy, I guarantee you this, and back in the Dan Mullen and maybe even Sylvester Chrome years, we would have taken this guy on scholarship. We would have. That's the caliber of player he is. But Mason Miller came in, had a plan, and uh, had some other spots, and they kind of got committed up. And there was some discussion that Riley was in the mix for an offer. It didn't come to fruition, but there's still a roster spot for him. And so now he's a part of this program, too. I'm excited about it. You should be, too. And that's the thing about offensive linemen. They kind of develop at a different rate. And if you look at the NFL draft, this is one thing Scott Kennedy taught me years ago. The skill guys come from the major conferences, right? I mean, the skill guys come from the major programs, the blue chip programs, you know, the Miamis, USC's, Alabama's. But linemen come from everywhere. Linemen come from everywhere because their growth potential is a little different. Their development is a little bit different. And so you know, you, some of the best linemen in the country uh, over the hist- in the history of the NFL are guys that came from smaller programs because it's just a different deal because linemen develop at a much slower rate. We're going to be after some guys this year. 
you know, Jacarius Clayton, now Tupelo's already committed. They're talking to him about playing on the offensive line. I know some people like him as a defensive lineman. I think he is a great high school defensive lineman. I don't know if he's quite quick twitch enough to be a D-tackle in the SEC. And I don't know that he's got the link to play defensive end. I think maybe he could play a five-tech. I think if he plays offensive line, I think he's got a chance to play football for a long time. I really do. Is he a guard? Maybe. Could he be a right tackle? Maybe. Uh, But I think he is a a tremendous athlete. And I think that he's a guy that's got the footwork and the ability to learn and be a really good player for us. He he did work some as an attached tight end at times at Tupelo, so he's not unfamiliar with the process. And he's open to it, too. He wants what's best for the team. And so that's one spot, and you expect to to take probably four more. Uh, uh, Based on the information I have now, think it's going to be five. Initially, like it was going to be four, and then with Gabe Cavazos, the situation kind of up in the air, you probably need to take a guy to be on the safe side. Carter Edwards is a guy we've talked about before. I'm from Pres Christian. Comes from a big old Miss family, but he's very serious about aerospace engineering. It's something against Ole Miss. It's just the fact that academically uh, the programs appeal at Mississippi State a little more than they do at Ole Miss. And that's like a lot of people say, well, you can get an engineering degree at Ole Miss. I don't know if they offer aerospace engineering. I know Central Florida is in the mix. They've got a good aerospace engineering program. The Air Force is in the mix. Uh, so those are things you think about too. But I continue to hear that the academic side is going to be equally, if not more important, than the football side. Uh, Bryson Hurst spoke to him earlier this week. State's still doing a pretty good job with him. He named State as leader early on. He's trying to keep an open mind to everybody. Uh, I still like what I'm hearing about that. I hear you know he's hearing from uh, Mississippi State coaches pretty much every day, talking a couple times a week. Uh, and that's another thing, too, with all these, these players, too, with all this unlimited calling. They're going to get absolutely worn out, and the novelty is going to wear off after a couple weeks. And so I think how you manage that is important, too. But I, I've got those two guys as the best offensive linemen in the state. Bryson Hurst, Carter Edwards, I think are the best, too. There are some other guys that I like, too, but I think a lot of those guys are going to be G5 guys. I think we're going to have a handful of guys that maybe can play their way into some options late. But I think, by and large, if you take, if you get Edwards, you get Hurst, you get Jacarius Clayton, I think you can feel great about the in-state big man Hall. And then you probably got to go into Georgia. And State has dropped a ton of offers in Georgia, a ton of offensive line order offers in Georgia. Earlier this week, State offers Jackson Cannon, offensive guard prospect from Ola High School in McDonough, Georgia. Mississippi State's his leader. He's picked up UAB in Western Kentucky. And you say, well, Steve, what's going on with that? Well, he didn't play his sophomore year. He had to sit out the sophomore year due to a transfer issue, and the Georgia High School Activities Association made him sit. He had a really good junior year, kind of got himself on the radar. So he is kind of new money in many respects. You know, he didn't go to a bunch of camps and sort of stuff. And so he's kind of an unknown commodity until now. And he will probably be a double-digit offer guy by the end of the spring. State's on him early. He's already said State's the favorite. He's already been to Mississippi State. He visited with his teammate Devin Lee uh, last year. Got a chance to tour the campus. He is an outdoorsman type guy, loves to hunt and fish. Uh, feels like at some point he wants to get his degree in business and then open up a, uh, you know, his own business, whether he's a welder or a plumber or something like that. He wants to work with his hands. He wants to be outside. It's a Mississippi State guy. I think we can do all that, right? I think we feel good about that. Uh, Maurice Clipper Jr. was the guy that offered on Thursday evening. He is a uh, probably an underappreciated guy now. Already has 14, 15 offers and five or six in the Power Five. 
Georgia Tech is one of those, so that's somebody you're going to have to overcome. That's the thing. Georgia Tech should always be able to find four or five kids in Metro Atlanta that want to come play offensive line. That will be easy to do. But this is one of those guys, too, that I think is going to have real opportunities. Out of uh, Milton High School, uh, they're in Alpharetta, Georgia. And uh, a guy that is really on the rise and probably a guy that has a chance to really play his way up the rankings a good bit. State's on him now. Might actually be a little bit late. You know, we'll see. But um, eager to kind of see how things develop there. But we have got a ton of those offensive line offers out there in the state of Georgia. And uh, it appears to be a really good year in the state of Georgia this year. I don't know how it feels skill-wise in relation to other years, but it seems like there are a ton of kids out there that uh, have Mississippi State offers. And that's one thing you begin to kind of piece together here. Some of our better years is when we've been able to go into Georgia and sign guys like when Jim Tompkins and Jackie Sherrill and those guys were here. By and large, we kind of ignored that at times under Dan Mullen. You know, we just kind of recruited to border states and kind of spot recruited other places. But uh, when we have done well, we have recruited well in Georgia. Uh, it's not that far away. You know, but here's the thing is everybody and their brother recruits Georgia. Everybody and their brother recruits Florida. So most of those kids are going to have huge offer lists. That doesn't necessarily mean they're more talented than some of the kids in Mississippi. What I mean by that is, and this is Chris Wilson and I had this discussion before about Caleb Ewells. When after Caleb Ewells had signed with Mississippi State, Chris says, Steve, if Caleb Ewells is playing in Dallas-Fort Worth, he's got 30 offers because everybody recruits that. But nobody recruits Yazoo City. And so, yeah, he still had a handful of great SEC offers. But he was a guy that was under-recruited because he was from rural Mississippi. Well, all those kids in Metro Atlanta, they're going to get Central Michigan. They're going to get UAB. They're going to get Georgia Southern. They're going to get Georgia State. They're going to get Wake Forest. You know, they're going to get a ton of those, you know, lower Power Five and a bunch of G5 offers. And so these offer sheets get bloated. And a lot of people say, well, yeah, he's got 25 offers. But that doesn't necessarily mean he's more talented than his counterpart in Mississippi who may have five or six offers. I'm not trying to sit here and defend the fact that we're taking guys with more limited options at times. I'm just trying to point out that guys in these metropolitan areas are going to get a bunch of offers, and many of them aren't even real offers. And and there's some guys in Mississippi like that too. They're few and far between, but it's usually the ones that have mentors. You know, All of a sudden they're claiming all these offers, and as I've said many times, if you can't call up and commit, you don't have an offer. If you can't pick up the phone and call and commit, and it's, well, I've, listen, I've got an offer from Miami. Okay, call Manny Diaz and ask him, hey, coach, I'm thinking about committing. Can I commit this weekend? And see what he says. If he goes, oh, when you talk about that, well, then you don't have an offer. You just got, you know, you got a hey, we like you a whole lot graphic. It's just kind of disingenuous. If, if you can't commit, it's not real. No matter what anybody tells you, no matter what your 7-on-7 coach tells you, uh, no matter what your Dr. Evil quotes mentor tells you, if you don't get an offer from an actual college coach, it's not a real offer. And if you can't commit, it's not a real offer. There's an expiration date on every one of these offers, too. I think it's important to understand that, too. You can't get the offer today and then wait to February because a lot of people don't have the juice. They're not going to wait on you. I mean, if you're just an above-average player – you could be a good player, and they'll wait a little while. You'd be a great player to make wait to signing day. But they're not going to wait for you if you're just an above-average player. Not when there's 100 guys out there with the comparable ability. It's not going to do it. And there's so many of these kids today that say, well, I'm going to wait to signing day. And that's kind of snickered to myself. I think, well, you, if you do, you may be going somewhere else. It's, inc- it's incredible to me, though, 
that so many people think that's the way to go about it. Let me get out here and tell this kid, hey, just tweet out, go get a picture of, uh, you know, of, you know, Tennessee or something, get a big orange tea, and listen, I talked to my boy up there, and he says it's okay if you claim you got an offer. Right? And they send it out there. They're just trying to get them some juice. And that's the thing I always think about is, you know, if you got to go out and cut corners like that, do you really deserve it? You know, why not, why not go somewhere that you can really play? But there's a bunch of guys out there, and we've had some in the past, too, that have claimed offers they didn't have. And all of a sudden you think, man, this guy had 25 offers. He's going to make a difference. And then three years later you're saying, man, that kid was a bust. No, it really, really wasn't a bust. It was the fact that his, uh, you know, his, the, the tell of his recruitment was uh, disingenuous. You know, we're not able to get on the phone and call all these schools and say, did you really offer this kid? Did you really offer this kid? I had a high school coach one time in Florida years ago, probably about 15 years ago. Uh, we were recruiting some kids down there. And uh, he goes, yeah, this kid's got 35 offers. And I'm like, holy smokes, 35? And I looked at the film, and I was thinking to myself, man, it's crazy. And he says, well, he goes, you know, we count an offer like if a coach comes here and says, hey, we like you, we'd like, we'd like to have you as, on our roster. They're counting that as an offer. They count that as a verbal offer. The fact that somebody says, we'd love to have you come be a bulldog, or we'd love to have you come be a hurricane, well, that's an offer. It's not real. And so think about that when you're looking at all this, you know, all these articles and profile pages and things like that, that you know, a lot of these offers are just some people, two guys talking. You know, all of a sudden when the official offers come out and guys are tweeting out those graphics, it makes sense. It's always so funny, too, when, you know, when they can send the official offers when it's the beginning of guys' senior years and they tweet out those offer letters and then some schools that they were claiming offers from, you don't get a matching graphic for that. You call your call your mentor and ask him where your offer is. Stuff's a trip to me. So uh, listen, we're gonna get ready to get out of here today. Gonna be a little bit shorter show today. I've been going an hour fifteen with you clowns, and and listen, none of you guys have paid me any extra. Nobody's reached out and said, "Hey, Steve, I noticed we're going seventy five minutes. We used to be a twenty five minute show, and then we we added some ads, and I felt like all I was doing was reading ads." And so then I went to a 50-minute show. And then I felt like that wasn't enough, so I went to an hour-long show. And then we've added some new ads here as of late, so I went to 75. So you're getting more from me than you've ever gotten. And, yes, I do have some ads out there, and I think we've got some things fixed with the delivery of some of those ads. But, uh, you know, listen, I'm excited to do the show. I always am. And uh, if you hadn't done so, let me encourage you. Uh, I have a secondary podcast that I do kind of as needed. I'll do another one this weekend. It's called I Am Steve R. And it's about uh, recovery. It is about my path to recovery. It is about some very, uh, some people would consider them embarrassing things, but they're, they're part of my story. And I'm very open and honest and transparent about that stuff. And so if you or someone you know is dealing with uh, you know, chemical dependency issues or anything related to any form of addiction, I would encourage you to give those shows a listen. I, again, there's been seven episodes so far. It's not like the Boneyard where it's, you know, it's constantly updated. I do it a couple times a month. I'm trying to be more regular. I'd like to make it more of a weekly show. But that's I Am Steve R. And for some reason, if you can't find it, it's on all my socials. You can just scroll in there and find it. And uh, if you look for the name, for some reason, it says jeanspage.com rather than Steve Robertson. So if you look for that, you can find it. If, you, if you're looking for it and can't find it, hit, shoot me up on the DMs and I'll uh, – I'll connect you guys. Uh, 
Also finishing out the poetry book. My plan is to be done by the end of the month, and we'll get that off the print and uh, be out late spring, early summer. Excited to get that done. It's been a little bit exhaustive as of late. It's felt a little more like work. And so when it gets to that point, I take a break and kind of let my mind rest because I don't want to force it. I find when, I, when I'm tired and like that, I, I'm just kind of doing it for the sake of doing it rather than doing it from my heart. And so uh, that'll be out. Looking forward to that. For those of you that are unaware, the title of that book is Blooms of Oleander. My sister is designing the cover, and I'm giving her carte blanche to do it. So if you, if you don't like it, you can blame her. But I love her, and I'm giving her a chance to do it. I'm excited about it. It is a bit of a family project. I don't. We might not sell but 500 copies, and if we do, I'll be absolutely thrilled. Uh, along those lines, too, if you're looking for books, go to alphadogstobook.com, and you can get signed copies of Stark Villains, Flim Flam, and Alpha Dogs. Many of you didn't get anything for Valentine's Day. Treat yourself by getting those books today, and I'll personalize them however you want. They have me sign books a couple times a week, and um, we've got plenty available. And uh, I was just talking to Paul Brown about that today. Uh, you know, Flim Flam is one of those things, too, that I don't know that you guys fully appreciate at times. I know in the moment it was a big deal because we all lived it. And I've had a lot of people that got Flim Flam for Christmas that have come back and said, you know what, there are a lot of things I didn't know. There are a lot of things that I had forgotten. I read that book. So go check out Flim Flam. And if you want to, order a copy for your oldest brother-in-law. I'm happy to sign it any way you want. If you're looking for Stark Villains gear, go to StarkVillains.com. You can get T-shirts and hoodies, and we all need hoodies this time of year. And finally, before I get out of here, let me remind you guys of this. We get so busy sometimes, and we take so many people for granted. And uh, listen, I know I do. I'm speaking for myself here. But there are a lot of people that work and utilities that work with the power company, the water company, uh, you know, the trash collectors, everything. There's so many people that do these jobs that I, that I don't want to do. And they do it, and they do such a great job with it. And, and I want to thank them especially at times like these, you know, listen, they don't have the option to stay home. You know, they just don't. They've got to get out when we need them the most. They have to get out and be away from their families and exposed to the elements and do a difficult job that a lot of people don't want to do. And so thank you. We get so caught up. I know I do. I get so caught up in all the things that I got going on. I take all that stuff for granted. And I want to take some time now and say thank you. And you guys know how I feel about our military families. Oh, my gosh. I, 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 I do not have enough show or enough breath to share with you my gratitude for our military families and our men and women of the armed forces that serve in foreign lands to keep us all safe so we can all sit around and, and uh, watch sports and play video games and things like that. And I've had so many military people reach out over the years. And it always, I always get a little emotional, to be honest with you. And he goes, hey, Steve, thanks so much for giving me a little slice of home. And I, I, just thinking about that, it gets, I get stuck in my throat. You know, it's like these people are over there doing an incredible job for us and uh, missing all of this. They don't get to go to Duty Noble Field. They don't get to go to Davis Wade. They'd love to be able to come down here and deal with some of the things we're dealing with, but they got people shooting at them. And then for a little while, every so often, they get a chance to kind of sit down and listen to Boneyard, and they're reminded – of what Mississippi State means, kind of a reminder of what they're fighting for. And so for all of you, on behalf of everybody here at the Boneyard, me and my dog Mojo are the only ones up here right now, thank you. Thank you for giving us the, the, the freedom to do this. And uh, we don't say thank you enough. I'm just such a, a tremendous respecter of our military families because it's a life that I would never have chosen for myself. I'm sure that I could have done the job if I would wanted to do it, but I'll be honest with you, uh, when given the opportunity, I didn't do it. And uh, 
there are so many people out there that make such incredible sacrifices. And, you know, I, I see those videos, especially around Christmas, when they, uh, you know, when the dads or the moms come home from overseas unexpectedly and they're, they surprise the kids. And every time it makes me cry. It does. I'm not ashamed to say it. Every single time I, I watch that and I see how much the kids miss their parents. And it reminds me, again, that they're doing a job that I didn't want to do. And so thank you uh, to all you that work in the military. And so that's going to do it for today before I get all boohooing in here today, being grateful for all the people that make our lives better that uh, we often take for, for granted. And it, it, many times it is a thankless job. It really is. And so uh, I love you guys and gals and uh, hope that everything goes well for you and looking forward to a Monday. Hopefully it's a victory Monday. But until next then, until next time, excuse me, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.